0: Welcome to our Painesville Assembly of God podcast. Our desire is to connect people to a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. If this message touches your heart, we'd love to hear about it. Email us at info at or visit painesvilleag.com. We pray that this message will be an encouragement to your faith
1: a new sermon series this morning, and, uh, and and it's called Holy Spirit, and so uh, I threw something on my daughter yesterday as she went to Fine Arts Festival uh, with the Ohio Ministry Network and uh, placed first in the state of Ohio receiving the Merit Award, and so, yeah. And so you'll see in a moment why I felt like this was so appropriate to kick off this series and the message this morning.
0: Hey kids, my name is Olivia, and today I want you to meet my friend. How many of you have a best friend? Well, my friend is my best friend, and he can be your friend too. Would you like to meet him? That's great, let me introduce him. So my friend is kind of an expert at meeting new people, and the first time he made friends, some really crazy things happened. This happened on an amazing day called the Day of Pentecost. Can you say that with me? the day of Pentecost. Great job. So on this day, a bunch of Jesus' disciples were sitting in this room. You see, Jesus had just left to go up to heaven and his disciples were praying because Jesus told them they were going to receive a gift. And in John 14, 26, Jesus describes this gift by saying, But the Helper will teach you everything. He will cause you to remember all the things I told you. This Helper is the blank, whom the Father will send in my name. And after a while, the gift came. Everybody close your eyes with me, and let's all imagine that we're in a big room, and a big wind blows through. I'm having a little trouble imagining this wind. Keep your eyes closed until I tell you to open them, and let's all blow the wind with our mouths. Ready? One, two, three. Go! Great job. And then imagine that fire lands on everybody's heads. Do you guys think you can see the fire? Okay, open your eyes. But if all of that wasn't crazy enough, everybody was speaking in random languages. Let's all say hello in a different language. Can this part of the room say hola for me? Can this part of the room say bonjour? And this part of the room, can you say ciao? Okay, one, two, three, go! Oh my goodness, you guys, that was so loud. Imagine that, but every single person is saying everything in a different language. Well, it got pretty crazy, and it drew a lot of attention to everyone. Now, I'm sure you're wondering, I mean, how was everyone able to do this? It takes years to learn anything, but do you remember what I told you? they were receiving a gift. And this gift helped them do all of those amazing things. I'm sure some of you have figured out what this gift is. It's my friend from earlier. Would you guys like to meet my friend? Okay, his name is Holy Spirit. Do you guys remember what Jesus told us about Holy Spirit? Let's read it together. But the Helper will teach you everything. He will cause you to remember all the things I told you. This Helper is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, John 14, 26. Now, maybe you don't really care about being able to speak in another language, but Holy Spirit can help you do so many other amazing things too. Have you ever wanted to tell your friend about Jesus, but you didn't really know what to say? The Holy Spirit can help you to know what to say. And maybe you're feeling a little sad. Well, Holy Spirit can help you to feel happy again. And maybe you're not being so nice to one of your siblings or one of your friends. Well, Holy Spirit will help you realize that you're not being nice. And he can help you to be nice. He can do so many amazing things. Would you guys like to be friends with him? All it takes is telling Jesus that you want to be friends with Holy Spirit. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me. And if you want to be friends with Holy Spirit, repeat this prayer in your heart with me. Dear Jesus, I wanna be friends with Holy Spirit. I want him to help me to tell people about Jesus. I want him to help me not to be sad anymore. And I want him to help me to be nicer. Amen. Guys, look at you. I can already tell that your new friend is helping you. As you go throughout the rest of your day, don't forget about your new friend. And if you ever need anything, just say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Let's practice. One, two, three. Holy Spirit, I need you. Great job. Oh no, look at the time. I was so busy telling you guys about my friend that I'm late for brunch with my other friend. Well, I'll see you guys next time. Bye.
1: Yeah, that was awesome. Thank you, Olivia. I appreciate it. I threw that on her and sprang it an on her yesterday. And uh, <laughs> so we are kicking off a series that uh, I, I, we're just simply calling Holy Spirit. And uh, and I just wanted to talk a little bit, next Sunday, I'm not sure if you if you recognize this or know this or not, but next Sunday is Pentecost Sunday. That's the Feast of Pentecost, 50 days after Passover, 50 days after uh, the time when, when Jesus died on the cross, and then he rose again, and uh, and they were celebrating the Feast of Passover. And in the book of Acts, there was a bunch of people that gathered in Jerusalem for that feast. At the same time, Jesus had ascended to the Father, he told his disciples to go and wait For the promise of the Holy Spirit, to wait for the gift of the Holy Spirit, to go on and wait for that. And they did. They began to pray in the upper room. They began to pray together. They began to wait. And in Acts chapter 2, we are told, as Olivia pointed out, that the Holy Spirit was poured out in that way. And, uh, and and following that time with those who were there on the day of Pentecost, many of them were confused by what was going on. And Peter began to preach a message and explain to them what was going on, what was happening on the day of Pentecost, why these kinds of things that seem so strange were taking place. And, uh, and he gets to the end, and he starts preaching about Jesus' salvation and repentance, and that they could receive the promise of the Father. And this is what he says, Acts 2, 38 and 39. And Peter said to them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, And you will receive the gift, I should pull up the gift, the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is for you and for your children and all who are far off and everyone whom the Lord your God calls to himself. Notice, in addition to Peter calling people to repent and for forgiveness of their sin, to be baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he also says that there is a gift that is available for everyone. And that gift is the Holy Spirit. In the next verse, Peter refers to the Holy Spirit as the promise. What does Peter mean by promise? Promise. And earlier in Acts chapter 2 and verse 17 and following, Peter quotes from the Old Testament book of Joel and uh, there the prophet Joel foretold about the time when the holy spirit would come and there would be an outpouring of the holy spirit that would take place and so Peter connects the dots of what is taking place on that day in acts chapter 2 with what was foretold in the old testament scriptures through the book of through the prophet Joel about the outpouring of the holy spirit and this event that would take place in fact then in acts chapter 2 32 to 33 as a part of his sermon this is what Peter declared he said this this Jesus God raised up and of that we are all witnesses in other words they've experienced that they have seen Jesus rise from the dead being therefore exalted at the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit was a promise from the Father. Jesus ascended to the Father, received the promise from the Father, and look what it says, and he has poured out this that you yourselves are seeing and hearing. Seeing and hearing. Again, Peter says that Jesus received the promise of the Holy Spirit from the Father and poured it out on what you are seeing and hearing. There was something tangible, something that they could both see and hear. And, and, and again, throughout the book of Acts, that's something that is consistent that we see when there is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, something that is the baptism in the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit is something that is both seen and heard when the gifts of the Holy Spirit are in operation. Now, some of you are familiar with the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. For others, this might be new. And, uh, and if you've been a part of our church and certain things that have happened might seem a little strange and, uh, and a little weird at times, maybe even a little bit scary. As a child, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. I grew up in an Assemblies of God church, down in Youngstown, Ohio, and, uh, and I've experienced some very genuine moves of the Holy Spirit, times where where there is absolutely no doubt that the Holy Spirit is moving, that it is genuine, that what is happening is of the Holy Spirit, the anointing and the gifts and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that is taking place. And then there have been other times, if, if I can just be transparent and real with you, uh, where... There are things that are done in the name of the Holy Spirit that, quite frankly, I'm I'm just not sure that was necessarily the Holy Spirit. anybody anybody know what I'm talking about? anybody experience some of those kinds of things that are operating? In fact, I was reading uh, I, I was reading about a pastor who was uh, in 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 Houston, Texas, and. He was preaching one time and uh, happened to be preaching about Santa Claus, of all things, preaching about Santa Claus. He gets near the end of his message and all of a sudden uh, there is a a prophecy that followed, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord, lay off Santa Claus. He's a good man and he's doing a good work. (laughs) Some of you are asleep already. That That was funny. You can laugh. It's okay to laugh in church. There are some strange things. There are some things that, that are thus saith the Lord that are not thus saith the Lord. There are times where people move in the spirit and there are times when people move in the flesh and call it the spirit. And, and oftentimes when there is that kind of working that you, you obviously recognize isn't, isn't something that is consistent with scripture, something that seems a little off, it can be a little off-putting. It, it, can, it can cause us to question and to want to throw out the idea of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, the anointing and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, want us to completely throw that all out because we are afraid of some of the things that might seem a little strange to us or might be In error, and so we want to get rid of it all. But, but friends, I I want to, uh, in this series that we're going to do on the Holy Spirit, is we're going to teach about the Holy Spirit and we're going to unpack some things that scripture says about the Holy Spirit. My goal is to help us to be able to see. What is genuine in the Bible? What does the Bible genuinely say about the Holy Spirit, who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit does? And and, and so we're going to talk about the person of the Holy Spirit today, and in the upcoming weeks, we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about the presence of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and we're going to begin to unpack and teach about the Holy Spirit. Now, if you've ever traveled abroad before, you visited some old, maybe, you visited some of the older or the uh, Orthodox uh, cathedrals, and, uh, and and when you walk in, there is are there some amazing. Some of them have some amazing paintings. Some of them have some amazing architecture, and and just some beautiful things. Well, in the Sistine Chapel, uh, Michelangelo had painted a, a, a beautiful mural uh, all over the walls and on the ceiling. But years and years and years of burning candles. And the cathedral had caused a, a gray kind of cloud to go over the beauty of those those pictures. And so, for years and years and years, what was happening was this gray that was over it, and uh, and it, it looked pretty dark and unimpressive when you when you walked in. But some restoration people came in, and as they began to clean off the film, they began to clean. It off. What they found underneath was the brilliant, beautiful artwork. So, on the screen, you see the two. pictures. Pictures, one before and one after, and the beautiful uh, outworking that, that happens that the original artwork could be shown again. And I feel like, if I'm honest, that sometimes that's a little bit of what it's like with the Holy Spirit, that, that sometimes over the years, and because of abuse and misuse and, and a misunderstanding, Sometimes who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does begins to be clouded over and we don't quite understand the amazing gift that God has given us through this third part of the Trinity, this third person in the Trinity. The Holy Spirit. We don't quite understand who Holy Spirit is and how He works in our lives and why we desperately need Him and need His presence in our lives. And so we're going to remove layers of gray like the layers that clouded Michelangelo's cathedral or paintings in the cathedral so that we can both uh, learn about and understand the Holy Spirit, and my desire is because I find that a relationship with the Holy Spirit is, is not just best known and understood, but it's also best when we experience who the Holy Spirit is. We experience what the Holy Spirit has done and wants to do in our lives, and that's why life in the Spirit is an exciting life. So today I want to begin by answering the question, who is the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? Olivia did a great job already, so we can all just go home. (laughs) Who is the Holy Spirit? Let's talk about the person of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a person and therefore personal. Therefore personal. One of the ways that uh, oftentimes people refer to this third member of the Trinity, this third person of the Trinity is, is by Holy Ghost. If you've ever read the King James Version before, you know that, that the King James Version doesn't say Holy Spirit, it uses the word Holy Ghost. And it gives the impression that maybe the Holy Spirit is just simply a force or a power kind of ele- electricity or, or, or some kind of non-personal uh, type of force in nature. People oftentimes, when you say force, think of Star Wars, the force is with you right and for this reason people don't refer to the holy spirit as as he or as a person but rather as it but the holy spirit is not it the holy spirit is not an impersonal force or ghost but is very much personal and this is critical to our perspective because the holy spirit is not just powerful but he's also personal in our lives furthermore if we just simply think of the holy spirit as as a power or as an it, then it becomes something that we try to get a hold of and use rather than being personal where he is seeking the Holy Spirit to get a hold of us and to use us in our lives. So I want to go over Olivia's verse here. Uh, And uh, actually, I'm doing a few verses, 10 verses earlier, John 14, 16, and 17. And Jesus said this to his disciples, and I will ask the Father... And he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the spirit of truth. Now that word another, I will give you another, literally means another of the same kind. Another of the same kind. So when Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit and saying the father will give you another, he was saying, I'm going to send you another one that's just like me. Who's, who's, Who's like me? Another of the same kind. Not someone different than me, someone who is like me. And there are four essential elements to this idea of person and that make up personality. They are intellect, feelings, will, and actions. And all of these are used to describe the Holy Spirit. So let's break them down. Intellect. Intellect. 1 Corinthians 2.11 says, for who knows a person's thoughts... Except the spirit of that person which is in him. And so also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. And this idea of thoughts and spirit is intellect. This idea of knowing something is intellect. Romans 8.27. And he who searches the heart knows what is the mind, the mind of the spirit. So the spirit has a mind, the mind of the spirit, because the spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And so part of personality and part of a person is intellect. Second is feelings. Ephesians 4.30, we're told explicitly about the Holy Spirit and feelings in that do not grieve the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit does not have feelings, then the Holy Spirit cannot be grieved. Grieving is a part of that. And, uh, and, and so you have this idea of feelings. Also, will. 1 Corinthians twelve eleven says, All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills. By the same Spirit as he wills. The Holy Spirit directs and leads. The Holy Spirit leads and directs, not even, not according to just his own will, but the will of the Father. The Holy Spirit leads us and directs us. And the last is actions. And there's a whole long scriptural list that as we unpack this series, we're going to see the actions of the Holy Spirit, which we'll get into as we continue. (coughs) Jesus referred to the Holy Spirit by this name, helper, or counselor, or comforter, or advocate, depending on the translation that you read. It's the Greek word parakletos or paraklete, which is an incredibly rich word uh, throughout the Greek language. And uh, in fact, there's not one English word that can capture it. That's why all these different translations begin to unpack it by trying to, to help us understand who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit does by saying helper and advocate and counselor and comforter, because these are all qualities that are found in the word Perikletos in fact, other translate, outside of Scripture, this word uh, has legal connotations to it. So outside of the Bible, when this word was used in the Greek language, it had legal connotations as an advisor or a friend or even someone who would be a character witness in court, someone who would give you wise counsel if you were standing before a judge or had a decision to make. They would stand as an advocate for you in court, and that was the term that was used, Paracletos. The word player, kletos was also used to describe a specialty in any field. Someone who would come in and supply maybe missing knowledge or give insight that was needed to solve a perplexing problem. And then the the word also, it means encourager. Someone who would stand by and encourage, who knows the right thing to do or say when somebody is suffering or discouraged. That's where we get the idea of comforter and helper. Someone who comes alongside. Parakletos comes alongside. And so we're told that uh, I'm going to give you another. And it wasn't just a something. This word never was referring to as a thing or as an it or as a something. Parakletos always referred to a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. Just like the Father. Just like the Son. The Holy Spirit is a person and therefore personal In our lives in John 14 16 and 17 I want to go back to it for a moment Jesus said and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth again just like Jesus he says listen I'm I'm getting away what he was telling his disciples I'm getting I'm getting ready to go away you can't come to where I'm going and, and, and even Thomas says, well, you know, wait a minute. He says, I'll come back and bring you to where I'm going. Well, how do we know where you're going? Jesus was preparing them for the cross, preparing them that he was going to be leaving. But he said, listen, I'm not going to leave you alone. You're not going to be alone. In fact, I, the Father, through the Father, we're going to give you another that is like me, the Holy Spirit, who will be with you. So when Jesus spoke of the Holy Spirit, he used personal pronouns, pronouns like he and him, and this personal nature of the Holy Spirit can be clearly seen in 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen. as Paul writes this, may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Be with you all. You say, well, how does that connect to, to this idea of person? Where do you, where do you see that fellowship? The word translated fellowship can also be translated communion and was used to describe a traveling companion or a close associate in a business venture. In other passages, Paul refused, refers to being led or guided by the Spirit. So what's important is to understand that along life's journey, uh, the, the the early church, the disciples, those who were disciples and followers of Jesus, learned to lean on and depend on and walk and step with this and, and, and fellowship with this person of the Godhead, the Holy Spirit. He is who they walked with. He is who guided them in what they did and so it's important to understand the Holy Spirit is not an impersonal force rather the Holy Spirit is a close friend it's a friend an advocate and he wants to be personal with us just as Jesus was personal with his disciples we have been given the Holy Spirit to be personal with the Lord in fact, where's the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us as believers. When we come by faith through Jesus Christ, when we repent of our sin and, 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 and we begin to, 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 to walk in step with, with God, the Holy Spirit comes alongside of us and lives within us. This is what John 14, 17, the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him and he dwells with you and he will be in you he dwells with you and he will be in you again paul also made reference to that when he talked about our bodies being the temple of the holy spirit right the temple of the holy spirit do you not know that your body is the temple of the holy spirit who is In you, whom you have from God. So, therefore, the Holy Spirit is personal and the Holy Spirit dwells within us. It's not only important to know what the Holy Spirit or who the Holy Spirit is, the person of the Holy Spirit, but it's also important to know the priorities of the Holy Spirit? What are the priorities of the Holy Spirit? What what is the Holy Spirit's role? What does the Holy Spirit come to do? What are the priorities of the Holy Spirit? I think we find three great priorities that really help us moving forward in our life. What does the Holy Spirit come to do for us, for every one of us? Number one, the Holy Spirit wants wants to help us to get right. That's salvation. The Holy Spirit comes to help us Get right, to get right with God. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit all play a role in salvation. The Father planned and initiated salvation. The, the Son executed and implemented the Father's plan, and the Holy Spirit applies that plan to our lives and through the grace of God empowers us to be able to live that out. John 16, 13, and 15. But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, What's his role? He will guide you into all truth. He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. This is Jesus talking. And that is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. So oftentimes people don't have a problem with God the Father or God the Son. The problem is, is oftentimes we misunderstand the role of the Holy Spirit. And the role of the Holy Spirit is to help us to be able to know what the Father wants through Jesus Christ who says, this is what needs to be made known. This is the Father's will. This is the Scriptures. If you want to understand the Scriptures, you cannot understand the Scriptures and the truth in the Scriptures apart from the Holy Spirit. That's the role of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is to point to God's work. The Holy Spirit is to point us to God, to point us to understanding Jesus and his work of salvation in our lives. He guides us and he makes known his plan to us. The Holy Spirit also convicts us of sin. Convicts us of sin. John sixteen eight. And when he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. How do we feel the conviction when we've sinned? Again, there is a difference between guilt and conviction. There are people who feel guilt that do not feel conviction. Conviction leads us to a place of repentance. Guilt just makes us feel bad about ourselves. Guilt will hold you captive because guilt makes you feel like you still owe something to somebody. Guilt's like debt. It's like I still owe something. That's why we say I owe you an apology when we've sinned against somebody because there's a debtor relationship there. And we feel guilt because we feel like we're in debt. Well, you don't have to be in debt to the Father because of what Jesus Christ has done. But you do need to take ownership and responsibility of your actions, of your sin. And the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts us of those actions, convicts us of that sin that doesn't match up with the Holy God. We need the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit brings conviction into our lives. Can, he helps to confirm not only what is wrong, but he gives us a conviction to the truth, points us to the truth so that we have a conviction to be able to live out what is right. What is right? In fact, he helps us to know also what to do about it. John 3, 5, Jesus spoke to a searching man by the name of Nicodemus and he said, I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless he's born of water and of the spirit. The flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. Long before we know the Holy Spirit, I want you to know the Holy Spirit knows us and is working within us. Nobody comes to faith in Jesus Christ without the work of the Holy Spirit that is taking place in their lives, convicting them and opening up their eyes to the truth. All of us have come to Jesus Christ through faith and been convicted of our sin because the Holy Spirit was at work in our life before we ever knew that we needed him. Because we, before we ever knew. In Titus 3, 5 through 7, it says he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. And he saved us through the washing of rebirth and the renewal by the Holy Spirit. Whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. Again, the Holy Spirit is active in the salvation process, and the Holy Spirit's priority is to help us to get right with the Heavenly Father to renew and guide us by the blood and the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ. A second priority of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit wants to help us to grow right, to grow right. This is sanctification. So it doesn't end just when you when you when you give your life to Jesus Christ, when you repent of your sin and by faith you you put your hope in Jesus Christ for your salvation, that's just the beginning. That's not where it ends. There is a whole lot of growing that we need to do in our lives. There's a whole lot of growing to continue to become like our Heavenly Father, to continue to work in the areas of holiness, be holy as your Heavenly Father is holy, to be like Jesus. Well, how do we do that? We do that because we have been given the Holy Spirit. Now, babies, when they are young, when they are healthy, they grow. And parents oftentimes, when their babies are not growing the way they should, when certain developmental uh, things or markers are not happening, they get concerned and they go to the doctor. Why? Everybody else at this point should be at this place on the, this isn't happening. Listen, healthy things grow. Healthy, and that's the same thing in terms of our spiritual lives. To grow up and to mature in Christ is a, is a process called sanctification, And that's that's simply the process of being made holy. Now listen, at salvation, you are instantaneously made right with God through the blood of Jesus Christ. At the same time, you and I know that just because we come and confess our sins to Jesus and place our faith in him, that we don't walk out and never sin again. If there's anybody in here that would say that, you just lied, and so now you sinned we we don't do that it's not only instantaneous this sanctification this process of being made uh, this this work of being made holy but it's also a process in our lives in which we continue to grow and mature as believers into what god's word says we ought to live we cultivate and grow and that's why in galatians paul says it's the fruit of the what the spirit The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. If you have all of those things growing in your life, let me tell you something. It's not because of you. It's because of the Holy Spirit's work in you. It is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. It's the fruit, right? We need the Holy Spirit, Jim Simmel, a pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church, he's retired since then in New York City, but for a long time he was the pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle Church, and this is, what, this is what he said, Jesus' death on the cross and burial was a work that focused on forgiving and dealing with our past, but the Holy Spirit through the resurrection gives us life to live victorious over sin every day, every day, how do I do this? How do I overcome these habits that I don't want to fall into? How do I overcome these attitudes that I don't want to have uh, again and again and again? How do I, how do I, how do I change? How do I, you, you don't do it on your own. It is not by your ability or by your willpower. It's by you learning how to cooperate with the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, the advocate, the helper, the Spirit of God. As Jesus walked with his disciples, so he has given us his church, his Holy Spirit to help us to be able to live and walk out what the word of God says. And apart from the Holy Spirit's work in your life, you cannot walk it out. It's impossible. Paul says this in Romans eight eleven: and the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. The spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you. He who has raised Christ from the dead also gives life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit, capital S, who lives in you. Who lives in you? Physical and spiritual growth is, is, is a process in the Holy Spirit's power. He's the enabler of that process in our lives. Therefore, Paul wrote again in Romans 8, 13, two verses later, For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. If by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, not by your own willpower, not by your own intentions or desires as good as they may be, it is by a cooperating work with the Holy Spirit that we say, I'm not going to walk after the flesh which leads to death, but I'm going to learn how to walk in step with the Holy Spirit, my advocate, my counselor, my friend, and with the power of the Holy Spirit living in me I'm able to do what I cannot do on my own what i can't do on my own holy spirit wants to help us get right the holy spirit wants to help us grow right and the holy spirit thirdly wants to help us go right that's our service that's our calling acts 1 8 but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. The Greek word is translated power as dunamis. It's where we get our English words dynamite from or dynamic. <laughs> but the real meaning of the word has more to do than just simply explosiveness. It's a word that literally meant ability. I have the power to do something, I have the ability to do something and it goes beyond a natural ability it is a supernatural ability that is given to us by the spirit of God it's not just simply your natural talents but it is what God gives to you above and beyond what you can do in the natural he's able to do in the supernatural that's the basic meaning of the word is the ability to do whatever needs to be done Whatever the challenge you're faced with, the Holy Spirit is there to give us and provide us the ability, according to God's will, whatever He desires, we need the Spirit's ability to be able to make that happen. We need the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit to do what we cannot do. Let me tell you something. The early church would not have been birthed if it wasn't for the power of the Holy Spirit. And the early church would not have continued to be able to carry on without the amazing power of the Holy Spirit giving them the ability to be able to do what they could not do on their own that to go in and be able to see the supernatural take place when in the natural things would not have moved and would not have taken place god can open up doors that no man can shut and god can empower people to do what they can't do on their own that's the empowering of the holy spirit he gives us the ability to make things happen And those things that happen are things that can even be things that we need in our lives relationally with our with our spouse or with our kids or with our friends. I can't do it on my own. That's a good place. I can't do it. I'm trying everything in my way to do in my power. I need your power. Physically, you need healing, you need help. The Holy Spirit is able to work in your life emotionally when we're afraid or discouraged or struggling. I love that about the children's lesson that when we feel down, it's the comforter that comes and can give us joy, can renew our joy and our strength once again. Spiritually, when we're stuck in habits and patterns that we can't break, it's the Holy Spirit that by his power that breaks those patterns and those habits and that empowers us spiritually to do what we cannot do on our own. In the upcoming weeks, we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But the truth is, we need to recognize that the Holy Spirit is important as the third member of the Trinity, the person, personal to us in our relationship with God. Worship team, will you come? Let's face it, friends. It is difficult to live for the Lord on a daily basis. How many know sometimes it is a challenge each and every day to be able to live out our faith? Anybody agree with that? Yeah, sometimes it's a challenge, right? It is. With temptation all around, with the increasing darkness of our world and our culture, living out our faith is certainly something that is not easy. But here's the great news. Jesus didn't leave us alone without any kind of assistance. But instead, he said, it is good that I go away because if I do not go away, the Holy Spirit cannot come. And Jesus understood what you and I needed most and what we needed most in our lives as believers was the third member of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, who lives in us and walks with us, another of the same kind. His name is Jesus. Don't be afraid of the Holy Spirit, and don't dismiss the importance of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I want to read a quote from Gordon Fee who's a great theolo- great theologian. He's since passed away, but boy, he, had, he just he really was rich in this quote, and he said, "This is what we need for the Holy Spirit. He said, "If the church is going to be effective in the postmodern world, we need to stop paying lip service to the Spirit and recapture Paul's spirit paul's perspective the spirit is the experienced empowering return of god's own personal presence in and among us who enables us to live as radically es- esch- eschatological people in the present world while we wait for the consummation there was a lot in that the bottom line is this do we just pay lip service to the holy spirit or do we know how to how to work in cooperation with the Holy Spirit in our lives who empowers us and gives us what we need each and every day? And here's what I like. The Holy Spirit is an advocate who wants to help us get right, wants to help us grow right, and wants to help us go right. And so this morning, I want to ask us to take a few moments and just begin as we pray to Invite the Holy Spirit to show you where what, what you need in your life. Maybe it's to get right. Maybe you need to get right with God. Maybe there's some things in your life and you're feeling the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't push away from that. Don't, 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 don't push past that. But instead, allow the Holy Spirit to reveal those areas where you are not right with God and begin to confess your sin and let the Holy Spirit come and minister to you today. Maybe there's an area in your life you know you need to grow in. Maybe it's a repeated pattern that you just you just have in trouble breaking. You need to invite the Holy Spirit to help you to be able to give you the power and the ability to overcome what you cannot do on your own or maybe maybe you just need his comfort in your life. Maybe you've been struggling, you've been down dealing with with just 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 some things that you know are just holding you and you, you need the comforter to come alongside, the advocate to come alongside in your life or maybe you're struggling with a calling that God has on your life or a step of obedience that God is wanting you to take or to be a witness in your work environment or in your neighborhood or with your friends and you say, but I just don't, I just don't even know if I can do it. I just don't even know if I can, I, if I can talk. I just. You need the advocate, the Holy Spirit to come and empower you to be a witness and your—he he can do what you cannot do. He, he, can, he can take your life and transform you and give you the power to do what you cannot do on your own. So let's take a few moments right now, if we can, to just begin to recognize the Holy Spirit. N.T. writes that those in whom the Spirit comes to live are God's new temple. They are individually and corporately places where heaven and earth meet. And right now, I want heaven and earth to meet right now in this place— to begin to meet right now in this place, to meet with us. Holy Spirit, meet with us right now. Holy Spirit, meet with us right now. Holy Spirit, guide us into all truth. Holy Spirit, begin to to convict of of sin in our lives, things that we know are not pleasing to you, the sin. We just ask right now that you would just by your sovereign and your loving way begin to bring conviction to the areas of our life where we're not right. I pray right now, those areas where we need to grow, Holy Spirit, that you will come and you will begin to work in our lives. You'll begin to break the patterns of habits and addictions in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, you begin to bring comfort. You, you begin to come alongside those that are down, those that are grieving, those that are mourning, those that are, that are struggling with depression, those that are, that are just finding themselves in a, a, just in a darkness. Will you come and just begin to lift the darkness? Will you come, Holy Spirit, and meet us where we are? For those that need an empowering uh, of your Spirit, will you come and empower us today? Come and empower us today. Come and empower us today, Holy Spirit in our lives, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.
0: Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We pray that you're encouraged by this message. For more information about Painesville Assembly of God, visit PainesvilleAG.com.